0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 139, so your girl is pushing out that content this week. You feel me? Today's episode is a documentary recap. Y'all know how I love to do documentary recaps. And um, the plan was to do for my everyday listeners to listen to every episode you guys know I have been saying um, when we finished the snowfall recaps on our snowfall on Fridays February I had something planned special I always say if you want to make God laugh plan your life (laughs) sometimes things don't work out as your plan my plan was to do um starting like after the second week of February was to do a Black History documentary each month, each Friday for the whole month of uh, February. However, I did not get to do that. But no worries because you know Black History Month is special to me. But I, you know, acknowledge my Black History every day. So I will get to the documentaries that I plan to get to. But I just didn't get to do it every Friday in February like I was supposed to. Um, as you know, I'm writing a book. It's just been a very busy month. So I do apologize. Um, but I'm going to do one tonight and I'm going to do one on covering two people who mean a lot to me in our history. Um, two people I respect to the, you know, the highest and it will be, um, recapping Blood Brothers, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. You can watch that on Netflix. It is directed by Marcus Clark. Very, very good documentary and I cannot wait to talk about it. Um, my plan was to do so many docs this month and I just did not get a chance to do it I really wanted to do one on Sam Cook the documentary that they have on Sam Cook is so good and it's so very interesting and the man was just ahead of his time I had wanted to do like I said just so many but we'll get to it no worries you know even though I didn't make it for the month of February we'll definitely get to it I wanted to do the documentary um off of just so many of them, just so many of them, I can't even name them all, but we'll definitely get to them. Um, I'll be back on Sunday for my power recap. I have been dropping content. If you're into Bel Air, I dropped that recap. If you are into um, Snowfall, I dropped that recap as well for episode one and two. You can always find me on social media. Facebook is Alicia Shanice instagram alicia shanice reviews and you can always email me alicia shanice reviews 13 at gmail.com you can always inbox dm or email me for any request that you have that you would like for me to recap it could be a tv show it could be a documentary which i really love to do um it could be a movie or a music album because i love music so if you hit me up i promise you i don't mind if you just have a request for something you would like for me to recap give me a couple days to get back to you and then i'll have it without it I have it out without like about a week give me about a week and I'll get your request recap out and even if you just want to hit me up and just say what's up listen to the pod that's cool too promise you I don't mind you can always follow my music playlist I have made them exclusively public on Spotify all you have to do is type in Shanice loves I know for sure one playlist will populate if you click on that picture profile it will take you to the rest of them i have every genre this pod might be a little lengthy so i'm not gonna uh, hold you guys too long with the opening uh we can go ahead and jump into the show and we are covering blood brothers malcolm x and muhammad ali and it is directed by um, marcus clark once again and you can find this on netflix so on that note let's get into the show
1: It's Shanice. And she's the one. Her name is Shanice. And she's the one.
0: Okay. So, we are going to be covering Malcolm X. Um... One of the best books you can ever read to change your life is the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um that is what the movie Spike Lee directed was based off of. One of the best movies ever. Like the Malcolm X movie played by Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington embodied that movie. It was like the spirit of Malcolm X was in him. I mean, he played that role and That is one of the best movies ever I love that movie The Malcolm X movie Malcolm X was um, A Muslim minister He was a human rights activist He was a prominent figure During the civil rights movement And to this current day To this current day Malcolm X was for peace And a lot of people don't like to acknowledge that But he was for peace But we will protect ourselves by any means necessary. We lost Malcolm X on February twenty first, nineteen sixty five, and we are going to just talk about um, the brotherhood between him and Muhammad Ali, someone else I love and admired. Um, two prominent figures in my, in our history. And I, I hold them to one of the, you know, the highest regard. Muhammad Ali, we lost him on January 3rd, 2016. I remember watching his funeral on television with my grandparents. Um, Muhammad Ali was a professional boxer. He was an activist. He was a fl- um, fl- th- philanthropist. I always get that word, Mr. <laughs> a philanthropist. He was a poet. Muhammad Ali was the greatest, okay? um he was also in the nation of Islam just like Malcolm X Malcolm X um was no longer part of the nation in 1964 uh shortly after Muhammad Ali joined and eventually he converted over to Sunni Islam um one of the most noted things that Muhammad Ali did was he refused to serve in the army publicly and consider himself a conscientious objector it's so much history with their friendship and their brotherhood and that's what people don't talk about um they just talk about the the fallout but it's so much that goes into that and that's what this documentary was about it was very very well done and we see um malcolm x and muhammad ali they were two of the freest men of the 20th century All you hear in this documentary from the beginning is Muhammad Ali being confident, you know, saying, I'm pretty. I'm so pretty. (laughs) I'm the greatest. And a lot of people did not like that about Muhammad Ali. They didn't like a black man being confident and saying, I'm pretty. I'm the greatest. Because, you know, how dare we, right? You have to if you if you go in today's world 2022 you hear it all the time you hear music now you hear it in the rap lyrics of people bragging on herself but back then you know we were looked down upon you know we were nothing and he stood tall and said no i'm this i'm the greatest and america was not too fond of him like now when you mention muhammad ali oh he's loved he's this but if we just gonna keep it all the way real, America did not love Muhammad Ali until he was ill. <clears throat> as, far, as far as Malcolm X, when you heard Malcolm X speak, it was powerful. He said things black people might've said back then in their house, but never let the words come out of their mouth outside of their house due the to fear. His spirit his he was so powerful and had a following, a militant following. But <clears throat> Malcolm X got knowledge early, got knowledge early. He didn't get knowledge of the nation until he was incarcerated. But Malcolm X's father was a movement. From the Marcus Garvey movement. His name was Earl Little. He was very well versed. He was Malcolm's hero. In 1931, he was killed on the train tracks and it is told to be on the hands of the Ku Klux Klan. They dragged him out there, tied his body up, where he would get ran over by the train tracks. So Malcolm was aware at a young age. And he, he was, he was aware, he was aware and he was very well versed. So in Harlem, New York city in the late forties, he was, you know, he was Malcolm, <laughs> little red, also known as Detroit red. Cause he spent a lot of time in Detroit. He was known for being, you know, the number man. You know, robberies. He was a gangster, you know, and that's okay because sometimes it it's people like that, it's biblically like that. You have people who do all kind of things and they change their lives and they can be the greatest ever. More than people who think they didn't did right their whole life, they could turn their whole life around from knowing two worlds and do the most for everybody um he got incarcerated and he began reading he began getting introduced to the nation because after his father was assassinated uh his mother she was locked up and she was institutionalized and then he went from foster home to foster home so of course you know with all of that being said we're losing his heroes his mother and his father you know that will lead you to a downward path however he got incarcerated and that changed his life he began getting into those books getting into those teachings and learning of the nation he got released in 1952 and by 1954 within two years he was a national spokesperson for the nation of islam We see both Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali in this documentary. Both of their daughters are in a documentary. Muhammad Ali's two brothers are in here. And I love to hear Malcolm X daughters speak. They are so intellectual, very, very, very beautiful, smart women. I love to hear them speak. And they definitely have their fathers and mothers, Betty Shabazz spirit in them. Muhammad Ali, he grew up Southern Baptist as Cassius Clay, and he was born in 1942, and Emmett Till was born in 1941, and that's a big deal because of the age, closeness between those two, and one thing that pushed, at that time, Cassius Clay over was the newspaper with the picture of Emmett Till. The story with Emmett Till breaks my heart to this day. I meant to cover that mini series. Um, Will Smith has something to do with that as well um, on Hulu. It came on Hulu and I watched a little bit of it. That story pisses me off to this day. It breaks my heart to this day. And I can't imagine being back in that time. And that is one of the things that pushed Muhammad Ali over was when he seen that photo of Emmett Till's face, and body. That really messed his spirit up. Malcolm X, <clears throat> he took his ministry seriously. He could teach for four to five hours straight. He was disciplined and he was dedicated. Muhammad Ali was so proud to be a part of the Olympics. You know, this is when all this stuff was going on, and he was already pushed. But just to be a part of the Olympics, to really believe in going over there and winning something for this country, he was very proud of that. But um when he went to go hear a speech from the honorable Elijah Muhammad, who is also known as the messenger. And, you know, heard his teachings, no alcohol, no tobacco, no pork, be neat, be clean, no drugs. And it touched him. And you hear people talk today all over when they talk about the nation, they talk about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. They don't realize what Elijah Muhammad meant in those days. He's very revered, very powerful. He started the nation of Islam. So when Muhammad Ali heard him and heard his teachings, he had never heard or seen so many black men being so militant and preaching what confidence we should have as a people. So, we see how strong the nation was at that time. And they were all about peace and respect. But at the same time, with all that peace and respect, we will protect ourselves by any means necessary. So, in 1960, Muhammad Ali won a gold medal in the Olympics. He felt, he was over there, he was out of the country, he was... um. In Rome He was overseas He felt free Proud Like he won the He won the gold medal But when he returned to Kentucky He goes into a diner And he can't get served For being black He took that medal He ripped it off And he threw it into the river and at this time, you know, he had already been upset about the Emmett Till. He had been hearing the teachings. And that just was like, you know what? I went and won this gold medal, was treated like royalty over there. I come back over here and I can't even sit and eat because of the color of my skin. And when you think about it, it's 2022, but 1960, that wasn't that long ago. That wasn't that long ago. So, um... <clears throat> by then he had grew interest and he was somewhat like he grew interest and he was like a commodity to some rich white people in um Louisville some rich white men so they looked at him like a money thing at that time now in 1961 Miami Florida Muhammad Ali went there to train he hears some men from the nation of Islam, and they speak with him, and that's when he heard the record: "A white man's heaven is a black man's hell," and that was by Louis X, who would later become the great honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. Ah, uh, the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan is a music genius. He he can sing, he can play instruments. Very, very talented man. When they mention um, Farrakhan, all you hear is negativity in the media. But they don't say all the great that he's done. Um, And I'm not going to really go there because we're talking about the brotherhood between um, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. But it was a lot that intertwined inside the nation. And that's a whole nother story. And I'm not going down that road on this podcast today. But I respect the nation. I have read a lot about the nation. I respect a lot of their teachings, their morals. I've uh, done a lot of research on even on when the nation of Islam broke up. And they broke into another sector of the nations of gods of herbs with the five percenters with Clarence X. I did a lot of research on their teachings and the mathematics. I respect it. I respect it. Um, So after he heard the record, he took it back home and he played that record back to back to back. At this time, Muhammad Ali was learning of the nation more and more of their teachings and their lessons. And this was in 1961. In 1962, Muhammad Ali got a call about a rally being held in Detroit. And, you know, he learned of the messenger would be there speaking. Also, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali met at a diner at this time. And Malcolm X, uh, with everything going on with the nation and they had strict rules, he didn't know who Muhammad Ali was at that time. He was actually, he wasn't Muhammad Ali, he was Cassius Clay. But they got introduced and they, they clicked. They click instantly. So the day of the rally, that changed Muhammad Ali's life forever. And when he walked in, he saw an army of well organized militant men, black men with bow ties and the Cassius Clay known at the time started going to hear all of Malcolm X speeches. Like if it wasn't for Malcolm X really got him into the nation. You know, he taught them a lot. They, they had a brotherhood, you know, they used to go visit each other's families. And that was one thing that Malcolm X's daughter said in a documentary. She like one thing about my father, he would not take us over anyone's home. So for him to take his wife and his children to his home, that mean he respected you. He loved you. They were building a brotherhood. He was, you know, giving him the lessons, teaching him It was like a big brother relationship, a big brother, little brother relationship. So in 1963, in New York, before the fight in Harlem, this was the first time the press seen them out in public together. Now, this was a really, really big deal because, you know, at this time, Muhammad Ali, well, he's Cassius Clay, he's the champ. And then at this time, at that time, Malcolm X, the nation of Islam, they were very controversial to America. So this was a really, really big deal. And it was rumors going around that, you know, he might be a part of the nation, but he had never really addressed it. But this was the first time the press seen them out in public together. He had the dark suit on, he had the bow tie on. He was around 22 years old, and he was with Malcolm X, and, you know, Malcolm X was like the teacher, he was like the student, it was like a little, big brother, little brother relationship, but also like a teacher-student relationship, so at this time, it was a lot going on, um, on the inner side of the nation, it's 1963, Malcolm X wasn't for violence, once again, but his motto was, don't start no blank, won't be no blank. We will protect ourselves, point blank, period. Malcolm X was fearless. He was had fearlessness in him. And everyone loved Malcolm, but tensions were growing at the same time inside the house. It hadn't really got public yet, but inside the nation, tensions were growing but Malcolm was still developing a friendship and a brotherhood with Muhammad Ali. So you have to understand that while they're building this brotherhood and this friendship, and Elijah Muhammad is the messenger, he's over everything, like everything he's teaching Muhammad Ali is the teachings. And, you know, the honorable Elijah Muhammad, honorable Elijah Muhammad said this. So, you know, when the the tension got there between them two you have to understand Muhammad Ali's point as well and I love them both um you have to understand that all of the teachings he's teaching is from the Elijah Muhammad they felt like Malcolm betrayed Elijah Muhammad I'm not going there but I'm just saying like you have to understand it from all angles he, of the teachings and that so he's teaching him all of this but he's not inside the nation yet so he doesn't know the inside turmoil So at this time, Cassius Clay was a really big deal. He was a young horizon, black boxer, the champ who had just won the Olympics. And being seen with this group and the FBI had on their list, remember Hoover. Hmm. Hoover at that time was working for the Kennedy administration. They considered the Nation of Islam at this time a political threat. Uh, for security of the United States, and they infiltrated it. They put FBI agents all inside of the nation, just like they did with the Black Panther Party. Um, they had They had them surveillance. They had their phones tapped. It was ridiculous. November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. That is when President Kennedy was assassinated, and Elijah Muhammad, he had instructed everyone do not do not I mean he extracted all the temples do not speak on this and when a reporter asked Malcolm X about it he made the comment of the chickens coming home to roost so it you know Elijah Muhammad already said nobody meant talk about it I'm going to handle it because the way he looked at it was America loved it Kennedy Black people loved it, Kennedy. So it was a way to handle it. But you know, Malcolm was fearless, and that's that's how he felt. So he said it. With that being said, due to it was already tension inside of the nation, he was suspended, he was silenced. And Malcolm X, no matter what people say, he worshiped Elijah Muhammad. The first time he met Elijah Muhammad he cried like he really really did worship Elijah Muhammad so in a documentary it shows us the big fight with Cassius Clay and Sonny Liston and inspired <laughs> Sonny Liston people were afraid of listening he was like a boxer but he was a boxer that came out of the penitentiary he was a goon he was a gangster and you have Muhammad Ali just trying to antagonize this man pissing him off just you know going like saying so much stuff about him um this was in Miami Malcolm X took his family Uh, to Cassius Clay's home at that time the only reason I'm saying Cassius Clay is because that's what that was the name that he went by at that time he wasn't Muhammad Ali yet we're still in the early 60s and he's still being you know introduced and getting the teachings from Malcolm like this whole time even when Malcolm is suspended he's spending time with Muhammad Ali he's giving him his teachings they're building a strong brotherhood they're spending time with each other's families so um but at this time he still is teaching um the honorable Elijah Muhammad's teachings but he has become isolated in the movement so February twenty fifth, nineteen sixty four, we get the fight, and at this time it was, um, all it was all talk, only rumors. No one knew if he was a part of the nation, or the Muslim period, um, and when my when when Malcolm X came to that fight, at first they asked him to leave because he came while he was training and everything, and they said it wouldn't be a good look, but he came back to the fight. So, you know, it made the rumors even more. And I'm going to play a clip really fast before we go further um, of an interview that they both did right before the fight. If you just bear with me, I'm going to play the clip. It's five minutes long, and I'll be right back on, and we'll finish recapping the documentary. I hope you guys are enjoying it, by the way. Uh,
2: Those following... Cassius, you've been invited to a number of countries, too, haven't you, Cassius? Yes, sir. Countries such as uh, Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, Pakistan, Uh, Malaya. When do you plan to go? In all these countries. When do you plan to go? In a couple of months. I'd like to uh, start my world tour. And I expect to be gone for as long as a whole year. Cassius, uh, controversy, not controversy, but the great interest in the fact that you have joined the Muslim religion. How long have you had this interest? Oh, for the past six years, I would say, after hearing a lot of teachings on Negro history and who we were before we got here, and one in one makes two, and here I met nothing but Muslims from all over the world, and they all. You mean here at the United Nations yesterday? today? Uh, I recognize all of them, and they recognize me. Uh, but until then, I could walk in here and wouldn't know nothing about what's going on. But now, I can look at people from all over the world, regardless of race, creed, or color, and talk intelligently with them. And most of all, recognize all of my brothers sisters and sisters in East, people that I haven't recognized over my lifetime. Cassius, you, uh, there's some talk about your buying a home here. Is, uh, have you made the purchase yet? Well, yes, I'm a uh, uh, scout now. And some, some home on outskirts of town, I'll soon be picking. Is this the reason for your, this particular trip to New York? Well, yes, I have enterprise set up here. I'm incorporated now, and I have a lot of business to tend to. And like I said, this is the center of the world. A whole lot is going on here. Uh, uh, this is the said you're winning the championship. You feel your affiliation with the Muslim religion, being a follower of the Muslim religion, has something to do with your winning the championship? Well, I would say so. Uh, my religion is what, the only thing that I can give me credit for pulling me through because uh, 99 out of 100 seemed to see no possibility of me winning. The newspaper, photos, and everybody all over the world condemned it. They said it would be a mismatch, and everybody could nobody believe my prayers to uh, Allah and uh, faith in my religion, living a clean, righteous life, I have to say that's what pulled me through. Do you think you, uh, you'll have to go in the army before you fight again? Do you know yet? Well, I really don't know. I'll cross those bridges when I get to them. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Thank you very much, Cassius. Yes, it's real nice to have me here you here as, as, as a representative of Thank the you rep- boxing world. Thank yes. How could I stop yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, United Nations and organiz- organizations. Yes, world peace. Well as I heard you I heard you explaining to Cassius this afternoon about uh first the ability to sit down and discuss the problem. Well this is what this is what makes the UN what it is. They discuss the problem. Whether they don't whether they disagree or not, they at least discuss the problem. And uh but America needs to do the same thing on a domestic level where the race problem is concerned. They need to dis- discuss the problem, but they don't need to discuss it with Uncle Tom, whom they themselves have placed up as spokesmen for Negroes. Because so that time is not going to say anything but what his master wants him to say, and you can't get to the root of a problem by listening to some parrot uh, say what you already told it to say. So the first thing they've got to do is discuss the problem, analyze it, uh, get to the root of it, and then they can come up with a solution. And the only one, the only black America who will spell out the real causes of the problems and the facts of the problems. Here's the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. People talk about the Muslim religion, uh, those following the Muslim religion being purveyors of hate. I wonder if you declare that. Cassius has been following the religion of Islam, the Muslim religion, for the past four or five years. And he's the most—he's always been the most likable, friendly person in the world. And I think you'll find that all Muslims uh, who follow the Honorable Elijah Muhammad have the ability to make friends with everyone. Where did this come from, the title of the Muslims being a hate group? While well, the press. Uh, the anti uh, muslim press uh tried to paint that distorted image purposely to, to make the most of the negroes in this country afraid to be identified with it what is this but Cassius, uh, Cassius destroyed that image the other night when he knocked out this, this. same connection malcolm would you uh, would you clarify this charge that has been made are you free now to to speak uh, yes i am and have always been a follower of the honorable elijah muhammad and a uh, practitioner of the religion of islam there is no such thing as a split between no muhammad. the honorable elijah muhammad taught me everything i know and made me everything i am What, is, on a personal basis what is your ambition uh, as a follower of the muhammad religion of the muslim religion well, what would you like to see come about well number one most of the efforts to analyze the racial problems in this country are very hypocritical and they all and seldom do they ever face the facts that are involved in the issue the honorable elijah muhammad's analysis of the cause of the race problem in this country is an an analysis that's based on reality, but most people can't face reality. And since they can't eliminate the fact that what he's saying is truth, they try and say that it's hate. Uh, And if they were to accept his analysis and listen to his solution, you wouldn't have any trouble in America. Oh, here's my buddy, here's my buddy.
0: Okay, that was a clip and that was right after the fight. And I just wanted to play that because that was um, like a one-time thing that you didn't get where you got uh Muhammad Ali speaking and Malcolm X and they just spoke so oh my god I could listen to them all day um they spoke so prolific and that was an interview and that was like the fight in 1964 so I wanted to play that clipping so you guys could hear them speak and that was an interview with them the only interview that they have with them together also the Movie with Will Smith when he played Ali, that is also another great movie. Very, very Ali and Malcolm X. I love those two movies. Will Smith embodied that role, and to the day of Muhammad Ali's passing, they had a very close relationship as well. And that was also the same weekend of the fight, like I was saying, and they had a lot of clippings. If you guys watch the documentary, you've seen the clippings for the fight in there it showed clippings of Malcolm X there and all you see is you know saying Muhammad Ali screaming I'm the greatest I told y'all I shook the world up and that America they did they were not a fan of that Muhammad Ali they didn't become a fan until he was ill it just is what it is they didn't like the confident you know float like a butterfly sting like bee, Muhammad Ali they didn't like this Muhammad
1: Yeah, I, just, I do understand.
2: I understand. I think because I, that I want it's my sad. child to look it's, like me. Every you. intelligent person wants his child to look like him. I'm sad because I want to blot out my race and lose my beautiful identity. Chinese love Chinese.
0: <laughs> 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 One thing, Mahabali was going to do was keep it real. Like I said, those two men, the brotherhood they had, the friendship they had, and the outspokenness they had at that time. Now, today, it's easy to say all of that, whatever. Back in the day, no, people were not like that. And people, they tried to play the the peace game and show America that black people were human and we knew how to behave. No, they weren't doing all of that. They weren't bowing down. They were standing up and saying, yes, I'm this, and I'm that, and I will protect myself. So it was really a, really a big deal. So we see in the documentary, we hear Malcolm X talking about uh, Cassius Clay is the greatest to him as well, because he was still going by the name Cassius Clay. He hadn't converted over yet. Uh, They all left together, and this was in Miami, the really big night. A movie was based off of it, uh, directed by Regina King. Uh, called The Night in Miami It was a really really good movie And it was about the famous night That Malcolm X Sam Cooke Jim Brown Cassius Clay They all hung out together It was a really really good movie So um, <clears throat> That was the night That Malcolm X Talked him into You know converting over As well so in March 1964, he joined the nation. And all this time, he was learning the teachings. He was getting instructed. He was building the brotherhood. And as soon as he joined the nation of Islam, he was instructed not to associate with Malcolm X. In the interview, when the press asked about Malcolm You could tell he literally wanted to cry. It wasn't intentional. He didn't turn his back on him like he was just this bad man. That was his brother. But in those days and in the nation, those were Elijah Muhammad's teachings. So it goes deeper than just looking at it like he betrayed Malcolm X. It really was a brotherhood, it really was a friendship But In the order of The nation He was instructed To disassociate himself He was given the name Muhammad Ali And he could not associate with his brother And he Was forced to choose Between his brother and his spiritual father Which was Elijah Muhammad Muhammad Ali became bigger than ever after that he traveled to Africa and at this time Malcolm X was there as well Malcolm X spent a lot of time in Mecca and that's when he began to see a different light a different way of things uh he learned of other Muslims of different nationalities as well so his thinking had changed when he returned from Mecca um He was meeting all world leaders all around the world, so I loved how they had the real footage in there of them traveling. In May seventeenth, nineteen sixty four, Malcolm seen Muhammad Ali. This had been the first time he had seen him since all of this happened, all the dis- disassociation, everything, and. Due to him had been traveling around the world and his teachings they had started to change Malcolm was happy to see him but he would not talk to him at the time while he was over there Malcolm X was with the great late Maya Angelou and Maya Angelou once said that due to Muhammad Ali would not talk to him when he got in the car he was extremely, extremely hurt. He was very, very hurt. They show both interviews of both men speaking on each other. I liked it the way Malcolm X handled it. Um, it also shows Elijah Muhammad speaking on Malcolm X as well. We see the threats begin in the documentary and a mark is put on Malcolm's life. It shows Malcolm X stating the reason the split happened. And he spoke about Elijah Muhammad. And the things that he said about Elijah Muhammad at the time, it was a no, no. It was a no, no. This was considered, he was the messenger. He taught Malcolm X everything he knew he changed his life it it was just a no-no he was very revered at that time so after that his house was firebombed it showed you know the assassination that happened on february 21st 1965 it shows the reaction from the nation it showed his memorial which was very very sad my heart you know go out to like you know his his wife Betty Shabazz was pregnant with her children in the front row and watched her husband get gunned down very 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 sad very very heartbreaking and especially when you look at how things are now of what that man could have done he was very very young It showed the day before the burial Elijah Muhammad made his first public speech and Muhammad Ali was there as well. Malcolm X changed when he went to Mecca. And after all of this, Muhammad Ali left the nation himself in 1975. That's when he converted over to be Sunni Islam. And he is loved now. But like I said many times on this episode tonight... The world did not love Muhammad Ali until he was ill and unable to speak. After he left the nation, he did. And I searched for this clip. I, like I said, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, I love them, men. I have done so much research reading YouTube and everything on them. And I seen this um years ago because me and um one of my friends we used to talk about Muhammad Ali he loved Muhammad Ali we used to talk about him all the time and I remember showing it to him like look look look. so I know I've seen this clip and it's been erased now they whoever uploaded it must have took it off I looked for it he did an interview with a guy uh this was some years before Uh, he passed he was still able to talk a little bit and he asked him like you know how do you feel about Malcolm X and he said I loved him and I was hurt when he died and I looked for that clip because I wanted to play it on here tonight but he said I loved it him so with that being said after he left the nation he did reach out to malcolm's family and malcolm's daughters was at his memorial service as well and they talked about it and they talked about everything that happened and everything that went on at that time it was a very 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 detrimental time it was a lot to happen it was even a lot to happen with malcolm x daughter in farrakhan it was just so much and going off into that talk for days i wasn't trying to get more i was trying to more talk about the brotherhood i wasn't trying to get into the turmoil of what happened with the nation, or the assassination of Malcolm X, I am going to cover that documentary one day. It is on Netflix as well. But this was just talk about the brotherhood, in a you know, the legacy of these men. So that's why I'm kind of like not really going there because that'll take you to a whole nother conversation. But um, his children were at the funeral. He uh, told Malcolm X's children. That turning his back on Malcolm X was one of his biggest regrets. These two men, their legacy will live on. They did very, very, very great things. And they were very, very, very great men. And people need to learn. People need to read up on it. People need to read the autobiography of Malcolm X to see, no, he wasn't always, you know, this disciplined, strong man like that. You know, he was out there, but he changed his life around. You know, it's just so much like people talk about this man and this man and what he do and oh, this the new this and this the new that they don't realize how powerful it was for Muhammad Ali in those days to say I am not going to the army I don't have no quarrel you know that was a really big deal so that was my recap of Blood Brothers Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X I hope you guys enjoyed it I am going to play a sleeper and if you guys have not watched the documentary I really suggest you do I do want to cover the Sam Cooke documentary as well. And then I do want to cover the assassination of Malcolm X as well. I am still here, guys. I was grabbing my phone trying to get a sleeper ready. And we are going to keep it true to form. And play it in honor of these great men. Here's my sleeper. That song is so powerful. It gives me chills to this day. and it, We're definitely going to talk about Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke and Muhammad Ali were really, really good friends. Um, just know that our history is important. People try to rewrite history all the time. Um, back in those days people clapped applauded when Malcolm X died because of especially in that area where where we're in Harlem just because of all the turmoil with the nation and when you look now and, and then even on how America looked at him like he was just this man who preached hate and all of that and it's kind of funny that he preached hate but you know look what happened to us but whatever um but just to see how it turned around all these years now and look at his legacy. He has streets named after him. He has um, a museum with him and his wife, Betty Shabazz, in the memory of them. Like These two men, they were not all the way loved back then, but look at their legacy now. So if you believe in something, you go for it. You do not let anybody tell you what you cannot do. You have faith and you stick to your beliefs and you be you. Love the melon in your skin because black is beautiful. And we have come a long way and we still have a long way more to go. Um, I do apologize. I meant to have more documentaries this month out every Friday. But once again, if you want to make God laugh, plan your life. Tell him what you're about to do, and he'll be like, uh oh, you are. <laughs> But in Lord's will, next year, we can have every Friday, next February, every Friday, documentary recaps to talk about and celebrate our history. But we're not going to let that stop us all the way, because I'm still going to get that Sam Cook documentary out. We'll still talk about the assassination of Malcolm X and so many more, so many more. Um, That pretty much sums everything up. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast tonight. I will be back on Sunday. I have been dropping content. So i recap Snowfall if you want to check that out. i recap Bel Air. And you can also check out my past episodes if you haven't checked those out as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful weekend. A safe weekend. Be safe. Be happy. Positive vibes. Don't let nobody knock you off of your grind. If you're having a bad day, no, you do not have to repeat that same day tomorrow. You get up, you say today is mine, and you go out and get yours. Bad days, they are normal. They will happen, but do not stay in that dark place. Everything is going to be just fine. Speak it into existence and keep trying, keep pushing. Much love to my podcast family. I thank you all for your support. It's your girl Shanice, and I'm out.
1: Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl Shanice.